0: Discover the ins and outs of the oil and gas industry right now with Roy Holly and Kim Bolotto in the Oil Patch on News Talk 550 KTSA. Brought to you by Shale Magazine
1: and Steer. And good evening, everyone. I'm Roy Holly. Welcome to In the Oil Patch, a program presented by Steer. And we have some real, real good guests tonight. Kim Bilotto is our CEO and publisher of Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine. She's here with us. Kim, welcome.
2: Good evening, Roy.
1: And we have another gentleman here with us tonight uh, that is a really special guest. And he's got a lot of background and a lot of credibility, and he's with UTSA. And uh, who is that?
2: Well, it is the leading research director of the University of Texas of San Antonio, the Institute of Economic Development, and it's Dr. Tom Tunstall who happens to also be on an advisor to the Shell magazine as well. So he's a very special guest to us.
1: Very special. We'll be talking to uh, Dr. Tunstall in just a little bit. But first, Kim, let's talk about your magazine, a Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine, and some of the features that are coming up. I think you mentioned that your new magazine is going to be coming up in March 15th.
2: March 15th is our latest issue, mm-hmm. in which on the cover is the Wood Group. It's an international company. That has about 70 different companies underneath their belt, and they have a training facility out in the Eagle Ford. So without giving out too much information, we're really excited about having them on our cover and look forward to getting the latest issue out on March 15th.
1: Now, your magazine is a statewide publication now, isn't
2: it? It, That is true. We cover Permian Basin as well as the Eagle Ford Shell. Our distributions consist of Houston, San Antonio, Permian Basin, Eagle Ford Shell, and Corpus Christi.
1: So that's quite an area to cover, huh? And you've been doing this now for what, about a year?
2: Two a- years, two actually. Years? Mm-hmm. Two years. And we started our first year, we were just Eagle Ford Shell in San Antonio, and we've moved into being statewide now, covering the Permian Basin. Which as keeps
1: well. you pretty busy.
2: It does. (laughs) And having a radio show too. I I
1: do a lot of business with her. I'm with her and talk to her and I know, and I call her and I say, well, Kim, where are you going to, what, let's get together. Well, no, I'm going to be in Houston. Well, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be there. So, (sighs) she makes me tired. It makes me tired just listening to all those places you have to go, but I think you're having a good time and I think the magazine has been received very well all over the state of Texas.
2: True. We do a lot of community events. We do also a lot. We're asked to speak at a lot of events and the magazine does definitely supports all of the industry, so we're pretty busy. I forgot to mention our latest issue of Shell Oil and Gas Business Magazine is now available online. You can see it at shellmag.com. That's shell, S H A L E, mag, mag.com. Our cover of this issue is The Wood Group, an international powerhouse service company that has over 70 different companies under their umbrella. Also, our upcoming pre game mixer with our newest partner, the Corpus Christi Ice Rays Hockey Team, which is coming up on March 13th. It all happens between 5.30 and 7 p.m. at the American Bank Center Arena in beautiful Corpus Christi, Texas. We will have complimentary food and drinks. We'd love to have you come out. So send your RSVPs to me, Kim, K-Y-M, at shellmag.com. Again, that's Kim, K-Y-M, at shellmag.com. Look forward to seeing you there.
1: Real briefly, uh, again, for the folks that are listening and that haven't heard this before, what's the purpose of the Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine? What is your stated purpose?
2: We really focus on education to business leaders and the community and also try to focus on providing a better quality of economic development between business owners and, and entrepreneurs along with merging them with oil and gas sector as well in the industry. So it's twofold, and we're definitely a hybrid. So our focus isn't just on oil and gas and the majors and the executives and everything in between. It's also focusing on regular businesses who would like to do business Mm -hmm. with oil and gas in the industry.
1: And speaking of that, if uh, we're going to give you a way to reach us here, shalemag.com, and we're going to give that again in the...
2: shalemag.com.
1: ShellMag.com. Okay. I can't read my and own. And also, letter. we're
2: at HEB stores. So if somebody wants to just pick up a copy, we're pretty easily found in looking at HEBs and all along the corridors of the Eagle Ford Shell and Permian Basin.
1: All right. So it's shalemag.com, And you can pick it up at some HEBs. And if you need information on the magazine, where it's at, what's coming up, anything, go to ShellMag.com. And also, if you'd like to be a sponsor of the magazine or the radio show, shale@mag.com is where you go and someone will be glad to get back with you and give you those details. Well, there's something else special that you've got coming up that we're going to start this week and I think there's going to be a lot of acceptance on this thing. Tell us about your giveaway.
2: Well, one of the things that we uh, have access to is our our partners and they have a lot of opportunities they want to be more visible out into the community and where we're, you know, wherever we're at they want to be. So the new thing that we will start weekly are giveaways with some of our partners and just people in the community. So, we basically want to give away either gift certificates or prizes that reward the listener for listening to our show. Makes it fun. Exactly. exactly. Everybody likes to win
1: things. So, we're going to take right now our first gift certificate is to the Palm Restaurant, which is a very, very nice restaurant downtown.
2: Steakhouse.
1: Very steakhouse, and it's a $125 gift certificate.
2: Yes, so that should pay for a meal for two.
1: So if you're listening right now, we're going to give the phone number again throughout the broadcast, so get your pencil and paper, we're going to give it to you now. We're going to do it a couple of more times, 210-240-7188. That's 210-240-7188, and if you're the 10th caller you'll win yourself a $125 gift certificate to the Palm restaurant, which is a great steakhouse in downtown San Antonio. And that's not a bad deal.
2: Beautiful. Right on the river, what?
1: Right. Before we move forward, how's the baby doing?
2: Well, in case there's listeners who are not familiar, we just had a grandbaby, a grandson join our family. His name is Grayson Pierce. He's amazing. He ha- came out with a whole head of hair. I was shocked. <laughs> Where did he come out with his hair from? But, uh, He's beautiful. He's healthy. Uh, my daughter is very healthy, and uh, we're very blessed.
1: Well, good. And we're glad that everybody, mom and baby, is okay. Yes. But I wanted to bring that out because I know if, if this is radio, they can't see you, but this is a very glowing grandma.
2: That's right. I All am right. very happy.
1: Well, again, the phone number, if you want to be a 10th caller to the giveaway for the Palm Restaurant, is 210-240-7188. 210-240-7188. All you have to do is be the 10th caller and you'll win yourself a gift certificate to the Palm Restaurant worth $125. You're listening if you're just now joining us to News Talk 550 KTSA and now, and now Kim.
2: Now, yeah.
1: On FM 1071. So we've added a big FM to the station now. So you can also pick us on FM. 1071, and of course, FM is really nice and clean and clear. makes us all sound a lot better. Not that we we don't appreciate 550, our new talk KTSA, 550 on the AM, but it's uh, we're now on FM 107.1, so you can listen to us either place, okay? Now, we have a very special guest here today. Why don't you introduce him, and then I'll talk to him a little bit, and then we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of why we brought him here today.
2: Dr. Tom Tunstall and I met a couple of years back, when we started Shell Magazine, and I have to admit that I truly admired who he is and what he's doing. The university is extremely involved in what's happening in the Eagle Ford, and this is the way I came to meet Dr. Tunstall was, was through Shell Magazine and Omar Garcia. Uh, he's a brilliant man, definitely well accomplished, and happens to work for the University of Texas at San Antonio in the Institute of Economic Development. His One of his main focuses has been the Eagle Ford Shell And as I stated earlier, he's also an advisor to the magazine that really helps us stay focused on what we need to be focused on from time to time and ask him questions. So, Dr. Tunstall, I'd like to welcome you to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Do you want to kind of give us a little bit about how long you've been at the university and a little bit more on you? Sure. Thanks,
0: Kim. Pleasure to be here. I've been with the university about three and a half years now. I came uh, over from the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area in between where I'd been doing economic development work overseas, garden spots like Afghanistan, but also uh, Azerbaijan and East Africa. And it's really great. I did my undergraduate work at UT Austin and lived there for about 10 years. My grandmother lived in San Antonio for a number of years. You know, we would visit the city often, and I lived nearby, and I've, uh, I really kind of missed south-central Texas. been gone for probably 25 years, so it's nice to be back in the area.
2: I can't imagine. Once you've been to San Antonio and the Riverwalk and Fiesta, I kind of believe San Antonio is one of these cities that to know us is to love us. Definitely a beautiful city.
1: What got you on the uh, journey to become a professor in economics? Was there an inspiration in your life that you met and someone who said, you know, this is what you need to do, or did a light go on in your head, or is it just something you fell into by accident? You know, I've really always been interested in community development. One of the... Uh, Things that happened
0: to me early on that kind of got the tumblers rolling in in terms of questions about it. I was born in uh, Louisiana. We we moved to Texas uh, when I was a kid in 66. And I remember going back there and, and even before I left, uh, walking around downtown New Iberia, Louisiana, which is uh, where I was born, a town of about 20,000 people. And there were three movie theaters there. And two of them were abandoned, had been uh, boarded up. And I was curious about that. And and I found out that the reason the town used to be able to support three movie theaters had to do with lifestyles back uh, in the 30s. People would go to see uh, movies, get their news from the radio and newsreels, Uh, and they tended to be, the automobiles weren't quite as pervasive as they are now, so people did a lot of walking, and they would walk downtown to go see the movies and the newsreels down there, and, you know, over time, with the advent of television and air conditioning, we tended to retreat back to our homes more as a result, and, and, and a lot of that uh, still continues. But the aspect of changing lifestyles and its impact on community development has always been interesting to me, and that's one of the reasons I've really enjoyed the work on Eagleford
1: and just the soil and gas. It's a perfect example because if there was ever an example of something that has changed people's lifestyles, this has definitely changed all those people's lifestyle, whether bad or good. It's changed big yeah, time. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And and even the evolution to the point uh, where before this all began, you know, five years ago, we were counseling uh, the community leaders in South Texas on, on how to stem the loss of population. Uh, because of the uh, systematic mechanization of agriculture, fewer people live in the rural areas and the cities that used to be supported by those folks have really struggled to stay viable.
2: Yes, yes. So with that being said, what is the impact that the Eagle Ford Shell has had on South Texas now as a result? What do you see?
0: Yeah, it's been pretty pretty dramatic just in terms of raw numbers. In 2011, we estimated the economic impact to be $25 billion. In uh, 2012, it had jumped to $60-plus plus billion billion. And, and uh, in 2013, our estimates were that it had an $87 billion impact on the region but it's taken some
2: amazing numbers
0: they they are and it's taken some of the traditionally poorest counties in texas if if not the country and transform them into uh, some some of the richest and uh, you know a lot of landowners that have been struggling with ranches that have been in the family for generations a lot of times scraping together the money every year to pay the property taxes are now you know, very wealthy and the spillover effect is is significant as well Restaurants that maybe had just kind of scraped by or been breaking even now have more businesses they can handle. Lots of new development, And so there are opportunities these communities have now that they did not have uh, even just five years ago.
2: And how much of those counties do you see that they truly are considering how to invest in their future with what they're doing now to ensure that they are continuing to be a viable city or county after possibly Eagle Ford Shell no longer is there, which, of course, is years and years and years down the road. But do you see that happening? Can you talk on that?
0: You know, it's interesting. You know, the effects are by no means uniform. We sort of, I guess, probably initially hoped that would be the case. But, you know, one of the interesting things we found is that I've actually got an article coming out in a peer-reviewed journal this year that looks at the 14 counties that we study in the Eagleford at the county level. And one of the things I found in, in the course of doing that research was that there's a huge variation in the characteristics of each county. And even within the counties, there's, there's a, a lot of what we would call heterogeneity, a lot of differences. And so going forward, I think uh, research that we do is probably going to tend to focus more at the the city level or the community level because that's really where the important changes get made Mm -hmm. and where the impacts can be felt. In the the most recent economic impact report we uh, put out, we actually highlighted four of the cities in the Eagleford area that seem to be doing a really good job preparing for things like this recent drop in oil prices. And they have really strong city managers, and they're Putting in place long-term plans to ensure that the communities are are sustainable for the long term.
2: Great. Do you think that these individuals, the four cities you're talking about, are these elected uh, by the people in the community, or are these hired individuals that have come in?
0: They're hired individuals. Uh, typically, the way cities are run in Texas is is uh, what we call a weak mayor variant. The mayor is elected and is is more of a, a spokesperson or, or figurehead. The person that really manages the city in most cases in Texas is the city manager. And, and that's always hired. Yes, and they serve at the pleasure of the council uh, and the mayor. So basically a majority vote of, of the city council, which which includes the mayor. But he he or she only has one vote as well. But, uh, you know, in the case of these these four cities, and, and by the way, the, 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 they're Gonzales, Pleasanton, Carnes City, and Catula. The city managers uh, are all... You know, in most cases, they've worked at other cities Mm -hmm. and have a good
2: track record.
0: Yeah, a a good set of experiences to bring to the situation, which is really important because the cities face challenges now that they've they've never had to face before.
2: Awesome. So, what do you think shale oil and gas? What do you think this means for U.S. and the energy independence?
0: Well, it's having a huge impact on global markets. Uh, If you look back just to as recently as say 2008 to now we're producing as a country 4 million more barrels of oil every day than we did in 2008. And so that's, you know, it took OPEC a while, but they are paying attention now to what's going on here in the U.S. In fact, I I think aside from whatever concern they may have about shale oil and gas production here in the U.S., now they're concerned about whether it's going to be uh, occurring in other countries, like Mexico, for example, which is right next door. China's looking at the shale oil and gas, as is Argentina, Brazil. Several countries are, are taking a hard look at the prospects.
2: You can't stop shale <laughs> and its development. Well, speaking of OPEC, do you have any thoughts on where they will end up with what's happening right now in gas prices? What are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. The uh, OPEC has become less important than, than they used to be. I mean, they used to have much more control over the supplies of worldwide oil in general. And, and it's funny, oil is one of the few commodities, maybe the only one, that any group attempts to or, or believes they can control the price. Uh, usually the markets do that for most commodities. Right. But even starting with the late 80s with the North Sea oil fields coming online and the Alaskan oil fields, that was sort of the first body blow to OPEC's uh, control over the markets. And, and then with this, the prospect for shale oil and the, these new supplies coming online, you know, they they don't have as much uh, influence as they used to. And and frankly, what a uh, influence OPEC does have mostly comes from Saudi Arabia because they're by far the lowest cost producer probably worldwide and have the, the largest amount of proven reserves. So it's interesting to contrast them with, say, another of their members, Venezuela, that was really having trouble making a go of things I when read. oil was $100 a barrel. So at $50 a barrel, they are really, really struggling. They're hurting, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So what... What do you think the forecast is for oil and natural gas prices? Do
0: you well, have any forecasts? Okay, so they're very different commodities and have different dynamics. And, and we've actually gone on record with regard to forecasts for natural gas prices. We feel pretty comfortable that natural gas prices are going to stay in a range of about 3 to 6 maybe $7 for the next 10 or 20 years. But that's because we have so much of it here in the U.S. Oil prices is a different dynamic. You've got producers all over the place. And as a country, we still import Not quite half of the oil we consume every day.
2: Interesting.
1: If you're just now joining us, you are listening to In the Oil Patch, a program brought to you by STEER. And we're glad to have you listening in tonight. And, by the way, if you'd like to be uh, the 10th caller, you can call 210-240-7188, 210-240-7188. And uh, get yourself a $125 gift certificate to a very nice restaurant in downtown San Antonio, the Palm Restaurant Steakhouse. Phone number again, 210-240-7188. We wish you best of luck. You need to be the 10th caller. You're listening to News Talk 550, KTSA, now on FM 1071. Kim?
2: Well, Tom, thank you for being here again tonight. I want to jump back into should the U.S. be exporting crude oil? Can we have a little discussion on that?
1: Sure.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting and, and I've, this is something else I've actually written about, so I certainly have an opinion, but it's based on what I think are, you know, market forces and fundamentals. The refining capacity that we have on the Gulf Coast in Texas was largely built to support heavier crude oil that we expected to be importing from Saudi Arabia. And from Canada, instead, what's happened is, you know, aside from the fact that the the Keystone XL pipeline, which was intended to bring a lot of that oil from Canada, hasn't been approved yet. It's still under review by the administration. But the shale oil tends to be a lighter variety. It tends to be equivalent to West Texas Intermediate, which has a it's just a lighter oil as opposed to the heavier crudes that have more of the heavy solids and and, uh, sulfur. And so we're sending all this light crude oil like I said, approximately another 4 million barrels that we weren't producing five years ago, to the Gulf Coast refineries that were were optimized for heavier crudes. The crude oil coming from the shale place could really better be processed in refineries in, say, Mexico or Europe or even uh, the east coast of the United States. And and also as a result of the fact that we can't export it, uh, West Texas Intermediate typically sells at a discount to Brent crude, which can be sold anywhere on the world market. So just from an optimization standpoint or an economic efficiency standpoint, it would make sense. We have ready supplies of heavier crudes that we can import. It's, it's not like they're they're scarce. And we could get a premium for the West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil that we're producing in the U.S., uh, particularly from the shale place.
2: Well, I guess what's probably on everybody's mind these days, whether you're in oil or not, we see it has an impact on the community gas prices, from businesses that have absolutely, really no involvement with oil and gas, and they are feeling the pinch with gas prices being down. So the question, last question I probably have, is tell me when you see gas prices going back up. What are your thoughts? Okay. On the forecast?
0: Right now, is it's interesting. It's it's hard to say. Uh, something I like to tell audiences when I speak to them is if, if you have a particular forecast in mind that you where you think gasoline prices are are going to be or oil prices, which are Pretty closely correlated to gasoline prices. Where are they going to be? Uh, if you just watch CNBC long enough, you'll find somebody who will produce a forecast that's in, in sync with what you believe the case is going to be. I mean, I've, I've heard forecasts as low as perhaps down to $35 a barrel all the way up to $100 plus a barrel. T. Boone Pickens said a month ago just before Christmas that he thought that within 12 to 18 months we'd see oil back at $100 a barrel.
2: Someone forecasted like 150 dollars or
0: or 200, yeah, $200. yeah. It was an OPEC minister that had done that, and, and I'm not sure what they're they're basing that on. You know, right now w- what we're seeing is still essentially an excess of supply. You know, the best line I've heard g- came from James Levas, who who made this comment to the legislature December 10th. He said, you know, there's really two kinds of people when it comes to the price of oil. There's one group that doesn't know what the price is going to be, and then there's well, actually, there's only one group.
2: Yeah. <laughs> There's only one group.
1: Dr. Tom Tunstall, the research director, Center for Community and Business Research at the University of Texas in San Antonio. Tom, thanks for coming in today. My pleasure. We appreciate you. And uh, we hope to have you in again. And again, look and forward again. to it. All right. A few little last minute things what we got coming up in the magazine quickly.
2: Well, you know, as always, we have an upcoming cover party, but one of our newest partners that we have partnered with is the Corpus Christi Ice Rays. It is their hockey team for Corpus Christi, Texas. And uh, That sounds exciting. It is, because the excitement for us is we'll actually have our name and our logo on their bus as they travel because we're partners. And so we're really excited about that, but we are having a pregame mixer on March 13th. It's on our shell. That's Friday. It's a Friday, and right. it's actually on our Shell Facebook page. If you go, you can click on it and like us on Facebook, of course, and, and get all the details, and we'd love to see you come out and be a part well, we of we got a lot
1: of listeners down in Corpus Christi area. We do, yes. Because KTSA goes down there really well, and so we're looking forward to putting that together. And that sounds like a lot of excitement, a lot of fun.
2: It's going to be so much fun this year. Uh, we're just so looking forward to 2021.
1: A lot of parties. Years. A lot of, of hearing, <laughs> well, I'm hearing party time. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Kim, thanks for being with us today. Thank Kim He's the CEO and publisher of Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine. Also, if you need more information, you can go to shalemag.com. I got that right, not org, shalemag.com. We appreciate it that you're listening with us tonight. And if you need more information about the magazine or the radio show, shalemag.com. Kim, good to see you again.
2: Good to see you. Until next week.
1: Until next week, folks. And don't forget, 210-240-7188. Tenth caller, if you want to win a $125 gift certificate to the Palm Restaurant, give us a call, okay? Have a good week. I'm Roy Holly. You've been listening to
0: In the Oil Patch with Roy Holly and Kim Bellato. Heard every Sunday night at 10 p.m. on News Talk 550 KTSA. Brought to you by Shale Magazine and Steer.